Hey everybody, this is Richie from the Metal Cell Podcast. I'm delighted to welcome Sam from Apogean Tide. Would that be the right pronunciation, Sam? I mean, that's the way I pronounce it. I haven't heard anyone else. Apogean. <laughs> okay, and also I've got Howard as co-host. Thanks for jumping in tonight, Howard. Much appreciated. Happy to be here. So, Sam, what did it feel like for you when you saw the lineup for the Siege this year? Did it tug any heartstrings or bring back any memories for you? Um... I don't know if it brought back memories, but I, every time I see a Siege lineup, uh, it does kind of bring me back to want to play shows. Definitely, and definitely, the Siege is one of the best shows you can play. So, yeah, yeah. I, I was going to try and come to the Siege. Um, I was talking to the guys from Toto, so um, I was talking to Marty about maybe yeah. singing one of the songs, but uh, I couldn't get the time off, so. Well, there's that as well, you know, you have to kind of sacrifice stuff as well for work. If you're, if you're caught in it, you can't. I know all about that, trying to nurse holidays there with work, man, it's a nightmare. And then we've Howard down below, who's uh, offered the full week. <laughs> this is what I saw. I hope you're making the most of it, my friend. I am, I'm in the studio again tomorrow on Friday, Richie. Finished the Paracol. That's fantastic the news. Album. So, yes. give it a bit of time. It's, it's the eternal struggle is balancing uh, work with playing music. I think Sam will know that, and, and even just trying to get time off to go take it like the siege. You know, it's very fucking difficult to balance yeah. everything. Yeah, absolutely. And like, I mean, Sam, you would you would have loved to seen Howard's band Partalon <laughs> play the siege. I'll go away that. It, <laughs> it was just one of those memorable moments, Howard. I mean. Uh, I, I'd, I'd love to know what it felt like from your perspective because it was strange in a way that because you were clashing with Memoriam and mm. there was kind of a transition with the crowd. So when I galloped up, like there was maybe 20 or 30 of us there and uh, Jesus, at the end it was packed. Like Yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, it's hard to, to sum it up. It's still very much recent memory, I guess. Um, for me, it was all about 100-year-old man and just seeing those guys get back on their feet and, of course. and kind of have some closure yeah. on a few things. Um, so it was, it was pretty emotional that day. Um, the first, you know, it was a bit of a blur, to be honest, but um, very excited. We played the full album, top to toe, which is, uh, I think, the last step that we were taking in terms of making decisions on how the album's going to go forward with the final mixes and so on. So, you know, we learned, a lot, wow. learned a lot of stuff about what we're going to do now in the next couple of weeks. But... Ultimately, it was just a fucking great day. It was great fans playing all through the day. The great vibe, yeah. fuck it. It's, it's never a disappointment, you know? Mm. And I mean, you were playing with... Was that the first or second time that lineup played together? First time. First time ever, yeah. We've only had that up in place about oh. maybe two and a half months now. Um, but you know the lads. I mean, you know Barry from Skellig, you know James from Magnapina. I mean, playing all their fucking lives. Yeah. And I'm playing with James for the last seven years weekly you know and i played with barry in yeah. five will die for you know past 10 years like so fuck it we're all very good friends we all know the crack we all know what we're in it for you know so it's been a nice little transition you know at yeah. the time it was a bit of a, a scramble to get things back together and get shows going again but the siege was the only mm. show we were going to play this year and that's it you know oh really yeah that's it now you know we're the next time you'll see us will be in the new year sometime um we have a few things planned but the, the, all the focus now is on getting the album final mix and the master and get it out you know yeah sam did you come across part on um yeah or five will die 
Oh yeah, five will die. Uh, what year did we play with you guys down in court for the first oh, time? Oh fuck, it was a good Jesus six, seven year spread we played with I like, guess Jesus it was maybe five or six times a year, I guess. Yeah. Uh, really? Yeah, we fucking played a lot of shows together. Elenkis, it's hard to... It was like 10 years ago. Oh, <laughs> 10 years ago. Fucking right during the, during the recession at the time. But um, people hear the impact of God alone these days. But, you know, you go see God alone, they blow you away. And uh, there's, yeah. there's just something different. Elenkis were just that back in 2009, 2010, and Fubar before it. I've never seen Fubar in the quad in Cork City and just fucking no one was doing that at the time. It was such a fucking injection of energy. Like, guys were crazy. It was awesome. Fubar. Oh, when, you Sam, when you started Fubar? Oh, uh, well, um, I think I was 16. Might have been 15, just going into 16. But uh, it was just a youth club uh, band that we started, played covers for a specific youth club gig. And then we just decided to keep going. So, um, Fubar, yeah, that was more, it started off more rocky. Um, and we didn't really go do the crazy, going crazy thing until later on, really, mm. as far as I remember, you know, because we went to a Dillinger Escape Plan gig. Um, I don't know what year. And after that, we were like, right, we're going to go crazy. Because <laughs> <laughs> it, like, it was so much fun. It's fucked to watch. The lads wow. used to change instruments halfway through songs and fucking, you know, someone else was playing guitar in this one. I remember he, he had an organ at one gig. I remember you bring into the cruise game law. Oh. <laughs> and, and it didn't that work was, in the fucking end. <laughs> that organ, like carrying that round, was ridiculous. Just for one, just for the end of one song as well. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, just to play like two notes at the end of one song. What? That's insane. <laughs> it was about the size of an inside micro, like it was fucking huge, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Was there big turnouts for Full Bar Down in Cork, Howard? Oh, yeah, fuck it. Like I said at the time, it was very much like God Alone in the last three or four years. It was, there was just a buzz about these lads. Um, one of the big mysteries to me is how Elenkis never got signed. Maybe something to do with the timing, with the recession and all that, but. They were just phenomenal. They were the best band in Ireland for me and for fucking many others who would have seen them for a good three, four year spread. They were just phenomenal, untouchable. Great band to play with because they light a fire under you. Follow a link and see if you on your fucking game, you know? I mean, like, as far as getting signed, we we worked with a couple of independent labels, like, but I think, like, we, we're getting a record ready, Crossing, I think it was, uh, and, it, and it was delayed and we were going to do a European tour and it wasn't ready. And we wanted to have it out before we did the tour, so we cancelled the tour. And uh, a big regret, I think, was cancelling that tour because gigging is the is the most important thing. I think records, mm. you know, so that's fine. Uh, well, these days, I guess content is the biggest thing. But back before TikTok, um, <laughs> gigging yeah. is, is still the most important thing, really. Yeah, you kind of jumped the gun there, me hard. I was just wondering how Fubar broke up and how it, what was the transition then to Lenkus? We, um, my memory is great, but um, we we had written a record and we'd record, started recording it, um, and while we were recording that, we wrote a load of other songs that were way heavier and what we thought better, uh, and then right. at the time we were like. Oh, let's just scrap all this other stuff and, and work on this new stuff and we'll just 
make it as a new band and renamed the band. It was still the same members. We just oh, renamed okay. it. Right. I wasn't aware of that. Wow. That transition then when you're writing this new material, like uh, who are your influences maybe maybe for yourself, Sam? At that stage, was there a different change in music at that time as well? Were there mm. different bands coming through or that kind of caught your eye? Um, yeah. Um, well, Dillinger Escape Plan. Uh, I'm not sure when they came in. To the, he was probably about 18. Was, mm. Yeah. And then always tool has always been a big one like i mean when i was first learning guitar i, I it was master puppets and lateralis two albums i just tried to learn all the guitar on both of those albums like <laughs> but then yeah uh yeah as far as from fubar to elankis um yeah dillinger escape plan was probably one of the biggest things because it was like i remember we were we'd uh four of us were living in the house in a house together in Goy. First year, uh, we were all together um, out out of our parents' homes, and uh, I remember Josh was working in a record store, and he brought back CDs every every day. Like, and I remember listening to Dillinger Escape Plan for the first time, and and watching the others listen to 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 the record uh, Miss Machine, um, and watching their faces change, and be like, what "Is this crazy stuff?" Like. Yeah. <laughs> and that was it then that was the big change and um i mean it wasn't it wasn't a sudden change really like i guess like we we've been writing those songs over a period of a year or two um mm. and it was just like a gradual kind of increase in aggression and and heaviness i guess yeah and that's what it was you know i remember seeing Cooper and you know the you were fucking great. I remember in the quad and whatnot, but um, I think it might have been nearly a year after that, I guess, before I caught you guys again. And there was there was a shift in dynamic in terms of the performance for sure. Mm-hmm. But um, there was a level of emotion, and I think particularly from Chris as a vocalist, <laughs> um, I remember he just he just walked out in front of the crowd and put his stool down in the middle of everybody and just stood up in it before he even started. And then it was like a four count and fucking tore the place apart. <laughs> You know, it was a real shift. It was, it was like, right, these guys need business, you know? I remember that picture. The Galway scene back then, Sam, was it quite enough? Um, it, it was pretty good. Like, uh, off the top of my head, I can't remember the names of bands we played with. Like, it, it, yeah. it's like my memory's really bad. But, um, you know, it was pretty good. Like, um, it was more of like a hardcore punky kind of scene, ah, you know? Okay. Um, yeah. But, I mean... After we kind of were playing for a few years, then uh, Josh Milenka started Feast with some people, and I did sound in the sound live sound for a lot of gigs, and we put on a lot of shows. Mm. Um, mm. That was a good period of time in Galway, actually. I don't know what it's like now. Yeah. I, I haven't I haven't been to a gig in Galway in a long time since before lockdowns and all that. So where are you living now, Sam? I live in Loch Ray. Yeah, living outside okay. the city trying to save money, you know, <laughs> like everyone. <laughs> We'd say then when Elenkis broke up, had you any songs? Had you been writing stuff in the background the whole time? Yeah, so during the lockdowns, we tried to write stuff. Um, um, I was actually still working 
pretty much the whole way through the lockdowns. So I didn't have much time off, but some of the other lads managed to have some time off. And they started writing stuff uh, kind of separately and together. You know, uh, it was hard to write together because we're never in the same room, but, you know, sending, mm. we had a Google Drive sending each other stuff. Um, and we wrote about 30 or 40 pieces of music, separate music. And then we were like, what are we doing? We need to figure out what we're doing. Like, uh, we decided to try and write a concept uh, to fit some of the music into. So we spent a long time like building a whole world, uh, characters and stuff, um, to try and, and then picking and choosing what we thought fitted in with that. So we just kind of, I'd say we were about 70% of the way there with like the pre-production on just the music um there was like started to do a little bit of work on vocals um mm. but uh it was a like over a two-year period of covid um, yeah so but uh, it's that that material's still there, and we and we might do something with it in some other way. Um, but it might take some time <laughs> to get around to yeah. it. You know, we've all we're all living in different countries, and um, you know we've all got full time jobs, and I've, I've got a kid and another one on the way actually in April. Mm. Um, Congratulations, man! Thank you. Our commiserations. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah, even just getting the time to even just all of us in one place. It's, yeah. yeah. So who's out of the country, Sam? Rob, uh, the bassist, he lives in, um, he lives in Germany. And okay. Josh lives in Bristol. And Chris lives in Dublin. And I'm not too far away from Rory yet. I'm only about half an hour away from him, so. Okay. He helped you out with the drums on this. Yeah. Um, I mean, I tried to program some drums myself, but uh, <laughs> I'm not too good at drums. Um, maybe <laughs> the practice I'd to do it, but my plan was to actually record what we're doing actual drums, but again, getting the time to meet up and do it properly. That's the plan for the future to do some actual real drums rather than programmed stuff. Mm. Yeah. Time is, is key, Howard, isn't it, for anything? It is. This is why you work in a school, Richie. <laughs> you yeah. You get your fucking midterms and your summer holidays and whatnot. You can you can moonlight as a musician for a few months of the year. Yeah. I didn't think of that. <laughs> <laughs> I always find that, and this is just me, um, I'll throw it out to you there, concept albums are really, really difficult, especially if we'll say there's more than three or four people involved. Like, how do you follow a concrete story with, with characters drifting in and out? Maybe you could talk about how the whole concept came about, first of all, and um, without giving away too much, obviously, because uh, I, mean, I know... Well, I mean, personally, I've always been interested in doing a concept album. I, don't, I can't remember who suggested it first or where it came from. But like as soon as it was suggested, I was definitely down for it. Um, All right. But yeah, it was <laughs> a lot of hours and hours of of, of just like discussing. We we were like we we put way too much detail into like building the world out, 
Yeah. Um, like it was a whole another kind of dimension, and like hmm. we'd, we'd define certain groups of people and um, and like the whole politics of the world and everything. Um, but yeah. the story was going to be just about two main characters in that okay. whole world. So right. um, it was following their path. But hmm. um, it was hard to shoehorn stuff we'd already written into it. Okay. It was like we'd listen, we'd, we'd read like a, the story and the script and stuff. It wasn't exactly a script, but um, like the storyboard or whatever. And we'd listen to certain pieces and we'd be like, does it feel, does that feel like that kind of um, vibe? Um, okay. And we like, we'd be like, this does, this does, this might, this might, this might. And then we'd have about 10 different riffs <laughs> and sections that might fit that one bit. And then we'd have to decide between us which one we thought was the best. So that was, it, it, it's, it's piling extra work on top of, on top of just writing music, you know? Yes. Like before, when we, we'd just we'd go to practice and we'd just like jam out something, you know, completely mm. opposite to what we were doing. Um, yeah. But again, it it was just all of you feeling that you were progressing to another level once more with the music and th this whole concept, which you hadn't previously attempted even. Yeah, I mean, just try something new, and uh, we were in a new mm. situation as well, uh, so. Just time ran out of time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How did you feel, Howard, when when you heard the lads had kind of gone on a hiatus? Um, wasn't surprised, I guess. I mean, at that point, okay. you guys must have been together ten years. You know, um, I think any band that gets to that that length of time together, it's inevitable there's going to be some sort of hiatus or some sort of life influence that's going to push you in different directions for a small period of time. Um, I think I think eventually as I can see those lads working together again and I'd be excited about that. But what's exciting about this new project is for me, um, it's a step into a more post-metal world and it's a bit more... Um, the, the last uh, EP by Alinkus was really instant, three-minute songs in short format, which is pretty cool compared to the earlier stuff. But for me, this is more of a style that I enjoy. And... Um, I don't know. It's hard to explain what kind of music it is, but there is a post-metal element that I fucking love. And the vocals, too, were a real surprise because having seen Alenkis and seen everybody do vocals, it'd be quite difficult mm. to figure out who's doing what, but listen to Sam, put his harmonies on top of his own harmonies. It's fucking great. And there's a, a lot of throwbacks to stuff off your earlier albums that I didn't know it's you. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, the thing. I was more of a riff writer than a songwriter. Uh, especially with the Lenkus, you know, I, 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 how many riffs I've written in the past, but uh, I just write write about ten riffs at any time I pick up the guitar for even ten minutes. So, mm. but arranging a song um, is something that we did collaboratively, but I kind of took a little bit of a step back from that a bit with the Lenkus, um just because I knew, like, I, I just write riff noodle, riff soup, or whatever it's called. Or something. Um, I like that. That's why we work well soup. together. Yeah, but, um, I want to, I want to, uh, want to, uh, 
hone my skill and try and write songs better as a whole. Yeah, so you gave us two songs. Sam Navigators was the debut single. So maybe talk about that song, what it means to you, and uh, maybe the concept behind it, and how long had you for going around in that noodle soup of ribs? Well, just to start with like the project, I, I during the first lockdown, bought an eight-string guitar off of a random lad. Um, and immediately just started writing riffs with it. Um, and Elenkis was six string drop C or drop D. Um, and by the time, end of the third lockdown, I had about 20 different songs that like between two and five minutes of stuff that was probably never going to be used with Elenkis. So I was like, I'm just going to just going to finish this stuff and and maybe do a solo thing um and navigators was actually one of the later pieces um i would say maybe like 15 or 16th piece that i'd written and it was only literally only the verse and chorus that i had when i decided to do the solo project and i was like i felt like that was the easiest one to just maybe flesh out and finish quickest um because it was, I was like, I can do a verse, chorus, verse, chorus, kind of thing with it. Um, so that is why I chose that first. Um, as far as the concept, the lyrics, like it, it's about, um, it's about instead of just letting your life be pushed along, and um, it turns out the way it turns out you guiding your life and you, you forging your path mm-hmm. rather than being guided. Being, yeah, go with the flow. Like. Mm. <laughs> so you produced the whole lot yourself, recorded everything? Yeah, uh, that's, that's another thing I'm, I wanted to do because uh, I've always wanted to be a recording engineer. I've done, I did live sound a lot, but uh, I always wanted to be a recording engineer and I never got any experience really. We recorded, we did our own al- first album, we did it all ourselves. Um, but I, was, okay. I wasn't I was that involved in the mixing. Did a lot of the recording, but I wasn't really involved in the mixing. Um, so that's something I really wanted to, wanted to learn to do properly as well, um, with the goal of eventually doing other people's stuff, you know, working with yeah. other people. Um, that's kind of a long-term plan. Um, so that's why I'm doing everything myself Apart from programming the drums, because <laughs> my program yeah. drums are <laughs> not realistic. Um, you know, you need a drummer. You need a drummer's perspective. Yeah, I'm glad you said that. I'm, I'm certainly one for the live drummer. Right through all the stuff that we listen to on the podcast. Howard, any opinions on that? On the track? Yeah. Yeah, it's fucking great. I think there's a, there's a section about three minutes in where the song changes a little bit, but... Um, it's about four minutes in, I think, just before where you you launch him with the solo. There's a there's a shift in dynamic there, a shift in key, and it's fucking great. That's where the song really takes off for me. But mm. um, the thing I like most about it is is the vocals. They're fucking great. Yeah. Um, they're not what you'd expect. They're not the, the tropey growls and whatnot. Um, it doesn't drift too far into being too soppy or whatever way you want to describe it. But um, it's really really fucking good. And I get the concept navigating your own 
your own path and all that kind of crack. The lyric video and all that stuff, it does open up very literally what it's about. But um, mm. it's a great track. It really is. I really do love it. Um, you know, I'm, I'm really liking the stuff we're getting in here lately, Richie, in terms of music, because normally you do have to go through a lot of shit. But the last couple of artists we've spoken to, and this one in particular, has just been great, great stuff. You yeah. know, um, but I'm looking forward to seeing this develop, Sam, because, like I said, it, like you were saying there with the, the live drums in the studio and a different sort of production approach. I don't know. I think it'd be fucking great, you know, and with people working with you, too, and, and, and maybe letting go of that. Um, the difficulty of burdening it all yourself, you know, <laughs> and having a couple of spin in there, you know, I'd be yeah. interested. It's, I'm interested and excited really to see where this goes. And I'm, I'm trying to look down the line to a year or two time where we're, we're playing gigs together and things like that and <laughs> reigniting all the planes. <laughs> It'd be fucking class. <laughs> I mean, I've, uh, I went to Arc Tangent there um, in August and saw God alone there. They were really mm. good. The crowd loved them. It was, it was great. Um, but I, I, just to go into that, um, and remember, we went, we played it in 2018. It was just like, oh god, I really want to play a gig. But <laughs> then, then you think of like you have to organise certain amount of lads to be in a certain place. <laughs> I don't know how many times to practice, how many times before, um, like. With this project, I'd have to teach them all the parts, <laughs> and it, it would take a long time. But it's not out of the question. Definitely not out of the question. Well, we live in hope. Okay, so we, <laughs> yeah, so we we'll play the the first song there. It's Navigators.
that was navigators sam i want to ask you about that in relation to the production side of things and you worked with aiden cunningham of course yeah um big influence yeah um i I guess so like being in the studio with him watching the way he works he works very quickly so it's it's hard to pay attention to what he's doing when you're focused on what you're doing what your bandmates are doing um oh okay i guess i didn't i didn't take advantage of those situations at the time um, and also, like we, you know, it was that was we'd be recording, and then he'd do the mixing somewhere else. Uh, I think Josh was with him at one point for some mixing, but I, I, I didn't watch him do any of the mixing. But uh, right. yeah, uh, definitely, he's, he's uh, an influence, all right. And the rest, you just kind of are self-taught, really. Just uh, yeah. well, I did, I did a, a video and sound technology. Um, course in lit in 2008 i think right part of that was learning pro tools so okay i mean i have a little bit of that but uh just being in elenkis and recording our first album uh we were recording um the crossing we recorded the crossing all ourselves as well and then we got some uh, we got chris commons to mix it chris commons. Hmm. yeah <laughs> um that's still the experience really that I've had. Yeah. If anybody's listening as well, I recommend listen to it, the, the crossing first, the Linkus album. It's fucking great. It's, um, yeah, it's still, still played <laughs> second, quite often. Second Linkus album. The car fucking broken. Second Linkus album. <laughs> still have the broken, <laughs> broken fucking CD case in my car, pop it in every now and again. Yeah. Great, great, great album. Looking back on, on the whole Elenkis experience, um, how long are you away from the the project? Maybe, what, two years, is it? I don't know when we decided to say that we were stopping. I think it was 2020, was it? Did you put out Maybe. a post or something? I don't, I, I actually don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's just the last three years has been weird, you know, time, concept of time. But um, How does it feel like that you're, you're on your own now as such, mm, like you're officially it's, a solo uh, artist? <laughs> yeah it's weird it is definitely weird um was it something you envisioned I mean, I'm not, doing yeah definitely i mean i've always planned a, like okay i've always wanted to do a bunch of different stuff i wanted to do acoustic stuff electronic stuff even myself like um yeah whether it was to release it or not was another story but um i one of the main goals is to learn how to mix and master stuff so that hopefully each song gets better in that regard um obviously obviously recording is is the most important part of of getting the sound but i don't have any facilities to do that at the moment so literally everything i do okay is uh di in and amp sims all in the box like 100 percent in the box um I, I, I'm not even utilizing my lovely diesel amp at the moment, um, <laughs> but hopefully, uh, hopefully in the next couple of years, I'll we'll, we'll have our own house and we'll have a place where I can actually do that. You know? um, hmm. So it, yeah, it's all in the box at the moment. How when you're with Shawnee Cads, for example, there maybe just talk about like what you can pick up from Shawnee and how has it benefited uh, you? A lot of it is a year. Um, hearing things, hearing things as they are, as opposed to how you're you're feeling or thinking, um, the reality of what's coming through the speakers. Um, Shawnee was is really good at 
picking things that you wouldn't have heard or maybe a frequency that just just pulls something out of whack without taking too much away from natural guitar sounds or amp sounds or whatnot just little things if you didn't play the note right a little ring off it that i wouldn't pick up on myself really because when you're you're listening back to yourself you're critical okay. of yourself but at the same time you're not hearing what other people are hearing i guess um shawnee definitely taught me anyway to step outside of that and and Look at it logically and objectively as opposed to emotionally, you know, without losing too much of the mm. performance as well, which is which is up to me, really. But um, you do learn stuff, but it, but it's it's like you said with Aidan Cunningham, it's so quick. When you are in the studio, you're usually under pressure with time. You're usually under pressure to get it done. Okay. Um, and these little moments that you learn stuff is so fleeting and so quick, and you're so focused on what you're supposed to be doing and performing and so on, that it can be hard to stop and take 10 seconds to learn something. But you do absorb stuff subconsciously right. as, as you go through the, the, the experience of it all. But um, I was like yourself too, Sam, over lockdown. Um, I did a lot of work on um, learning how to use Reaper, just just general basic recording methods and mixing. And we did a Magnapina EP, which we mixed ourselves and so on. And I learned a lot from that. You know, um, you, oh, you yeah. just... Squid, Squid sandwich, sandwich but you see, again, we had the time yeah. to learn that. We had the time to sit down. Everybody was locked down. There was nothing happening. You could spend a week on YouTube figuring out how to use Reaper. Whereas I'm not sure I could do that now, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I, I, I learned how to use Cubase and Pro Tools previously in, in college, so I already knew how to use a door and how to use plugins, but... Um, uh, it's the finer finer details of like i i didn't really know how, how compression was meant to be used for for different instruments and, and different points um now i mean i youtube is great like you can watch as many videos as you want but you have to actually do it yourself with your own mm. with your own or with any with some kind of material uh whether that's you know downloading multi-tracks and doing it like you can't just watch a video and be like, right, now I know how to do it. <laughs> mm. uh, it's yeah. difficult as a musician I mean, as well because, with... like, you have, when you're by yourself, you have to bring riffs, you have to bring songs, and all that has to happen before you even think of the recording method, you know? You, mm. you have to have the meat to put into the sandwich kind of thing. So, yeah, it's a long fucking, it yeah. takes time, it's a process. Yeah, I'm, I mean, for the start is. of this, I'm not putting. Just pressure on myself to make it everything perfect um, like from, from throughout the whole thing from performance to production to mastering um, because I'm only beginning it like um, uh, and also I wanted to kind of put time pressure on myself rather uh, and force myself to release songs in a, in a more regular way so that I can move that material on that's another thing mm. that I've always been mm. bad at is finishing something <laughs> in terms of a song. Um, so I'm like putting pressure on myself to finish songs. Uh, so like if things aren't perfect, I'm not too worried because um, mm. I know I'll get better and better and faster at it the more songs I do. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you, but like the, the quality is there right through the two songs you gave us we'll uh, play revolution is a fallacy next and maybe you can talk us through that and that came out on the 21st of october this year so and they can find all those songs on Bank, bandcamp yeah bandcamp is it? spotify youtube all every, i just 
Awesome. Everywhere, like. <laughs> okay, cool.
That's a brilliant track, Sam. Revolution is a fallacy. That one, you said it's it's about struggling to come to terms with the individual and collective efforts of overcoming... To Tyranny, uh, total... Oh, I can't even say it. <laughs> Totalitarianism. <laughs> I just read the word to say it. What? Uh, it's totalitarianism. 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 <laughs> Maybe give YouTube lessons on how not to pronounce the fucking word. <laughs> Rory did the uh, drumming on it. Was so it prog drum programming, program? yeah. So like I had um, really crappy basic uh, programming on it make much sense in parts um, so I'd send him the, the guitar stems and uh, and, a, and a full mix of how I think it might sound um, and then mm -hmm. uh, he programs some drums and um, I'm like um, sounds weird to me and then I listened to it a few more times and I was like this is, this sounds way better than <laughs> <laughs> you know when you've when you've listened to something yeah. so many times uh, and then you hear a completely different version of it you're like oh it's a bit weird but then you realize it's way better, um, especially where he puts the snare drums. Um, yeah. yeah, you'd expect that out of him. Yeah. <laughs> the vocal style is really good and this really strong. How would do you approach your vocals, Sam? Um, so I, I don't have much confidence with my voice, to be honest. When I listen back to a take, I'm like, it sounds bad. Um, <laughs> but... So that's why I, that's one of the reasons why I'm like, uh, I'll put layers, harmonies to disguise that. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, like, um, like Howard said, it's, um, I didn't want to go too far in either direction, be too, uh, poppy or what's, what did, was the word you use? Soppy. Is it? Soppy. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, or be too <laughs> aggressive. Um, so that, yeah, that's, and again, it's literally recorded in this, in this bedroom, um, beside the curtains over here and <laughs> I'm like press recording and like, press the microphone. um, a bit, yeah, it, it required a bit of yeah. tuning. I tend to sing flat a lot. Mm. Uh, mm. So. And who would be your favorite vocalist that you would you kind of influence you maybe as well? So, surprises for us? Not really. I mean, obviously Maynard, Chris. I Burnell. was hearing, yeah, I was hearing, um, what's his name? Fucking hell. Oh, strapping young lad. Oh, Devin Townsend. Singer. <laughs> Devin Townsend. His production, actually, yeah, I, I like to like his production for that. And, uh, Rory is a massive fan of Devin Townsend, so um, uh. I, he would he would have made me listen to a lot of it. Um, I um, I'm trying to think of other singers. Be big influences. I mean, I like the style of. Uh, have you ever heard of a band called Intronaut? Mm -hmm. I like their style um, in terms of the way that they they add the vocals into the music and it's not like here's the vocals it's all about the vocals <laughs> yeah yeah it reminds me of the um what's that band from germany um the ocean the ocean yeah oh i love oh, the yes. ocean as well actually yeah, yeah. it's very very i can hear a lot of elements there from that but uh, again i love the fucking vocals and on both tracks 
Yeah, same. Yeah, exactly. Sam, you're you're on a good one there, man. Even though you might be critical of yourself, but you're you know, as long as us two here are happy and I'm sure that will yeah. filter out a lot more when they listen to the song on the podcast, man. Thank so you very much. That's pretty cool. The artwork is uh, pretty stunning. Is that someone, is there someone gets credit for that? Don't say it's AI generated. The first uh, navigators, the artwork for that uh, is by James Sheridan, who did all of Alenkis' artwork. Yes. I, I was afraid to, to suggest if it was like it's it's class. That's great news. The second one uh, is actually an image that I got from a free from copyright website uh, and kind of just changed right. the coloring a bit um, because James couldn't work on stuff. He's very busy with, with lots of things, and um, I'm gonna try get him to work on if I release an EP or an album, I'll get him to do something with that. But in terms of singles from now, I'm just going to do the basic thing, really. Like, I don't have time to uh, work extremely hard on on the artwork. But I saw that image mm -hmm. and I thought, oh, this is perfect. Yeah, it's great that you're still uh, using James Jordan, man, um, continuing the tradition. Well, he's a great artist. He's a super. It's just super he like he's unique. I think you gave Alinkus a sort of a, a visual identity there for a period of time too, over three years. All the posters yes. and all the artwork that came with it, not very yeah. recognizable. Absolutely. So yeah, it's good to give him a shout out every now and then. <laughs> um, he did some great work with Zahora as well, and, and he was working with Warren Pretty solid, lately. isn't it? You know. Yeah. And the title then, Sam, Apogee and Tide. Uh, so I I was making lists, uh, probably like all bands do a bunch of different things and I, I kept on it but bugging Rory to give me a name because <laughs> I couldn't do it myself but then my wife actually came up so yeah it's all down to my wife um, <laughs> do you know what it means have you looked it up no I, okay no. basically when the moon is it is 90 degrees to the to the compared to the sun to the earth and it's closest to the earth so that's um when the tide is at its uh, at its lowest, because of that relationship, that was a terrible job of explaining it. But you can Google it. So. <laughs> like a spring tide. And what what guitars have survived from Olympus? Of all of them, have you changed any guitars? No. Um, I so my PRS is my main guitar, and it has been since I bought it secondhand off a lad that played in a wedding band, and he was like, "I can't use this guitar." Um, yeah, I used that with Alenkis for, I don't know, 12, 10 years, yeah, I think. Um, oh, yeah, and you went to 8-string. Yeah, so well. the 8-string I bought was the cheapest you can buy. It's like a Harley Benton, because um, I just wanted to an 8-string. And then I wrote all that stuff, and I was like, oh, I need something that sounds better and is more in tune to actually record the songs. So I found one on adverts. It's a, a Washburn Parallax, it's called. <laughs> Um, which it's it's not it's only a, a little step above the Harley Benson, but uh, budget you know. <laughs> but it's uh, it's still it's got good pickups in it. And it I wanted to ask uh, you actually. I watched the um, the playthrough video and with the guitars at the top of the neck, you've got like a, a sort of a green thing. Uh, that is <laughs> that is a bit of a washing up sponge. Yeah, it's just... stuck under just so the strings don't create 
especially my PRS, like it's a crazy resonant sound off of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that just stops that. Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. There you go. Now, learn something new every day. That's, that's one. <laughs> that's one for you to take away. I think no, I think I know what Sean is <laughs> on about, Richie. <laughs> yeah, well, like, you know, it's like <laughs> people use those fret wraps, um, and I, I, I guess they're to mute strings. You pull it up and mute strings. It's kind of the same concept, but just same concept. Yeah, I've seen the string wraps, all right, but I've never seen. Now that I know it's a sponge, of course, I've never seen it. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Did you use a bass then? The bass is your uh, own? No, you the bass is, um, no. is a virtual bass. Because <laughs> I, oh. I don't have a bass guitar. Well, okay. actually, I, I do. I have an old, a, a friend's bass guitar in the closet somewhere. It's an old PV, but it's, it doesn't, it's completely broken <laughs> and stuff. Um, right. Rob's basses are actually, Rory has them, and I was going to get one of those, but I just never managed to get it. And I was like, oh, I'll just do virtual bass and the next track I'll do bass and then I did the next track I was like uh I didn't get the bass yet I'll just do virtual bass again but the next track will have your bass on it and maybe not maybe it'll be someone else playing it I'm not sure mm. yeah. do you want to collaborate well, Pavel is down Galway a lot playing with Slug he's a pretty oh, Pavel's a man bassist I heard <laughs> just, just, can't go wrong with fucking Pavel yeah <laughs> Jared Pickles salmon is yours man he fucking play anything for you <laughs> Just regular pickles, or they're the ones with chili in them. Oh, very, very, very no, regular. Oh, very regular. regular. Uh, he doesn't fuck around yeah. with his pickles. <laughs> <laughs> Stan, you're still in touch with the Irish metal scene. Are you, uh, any bands there that you want to give a shout out uh, and that you particularly enjoy still? Well, just uh, bands that are currently releasing stuff, worn out. Their new stuff is really, really good. Like um, God alone are definitely doing something different like as you said um and seeing them live uh you can see they've got big things on the horizon i think mm. definitely um mm. your pals and baylor baylor yeah that was a great fucking release yeah. last year jesus christ almighty i think yeah. worn out are uh, challenging them quite strongly for the, the oh i put them in the same category at the moment to be honest like very um, similar but uh yeah. I saw Worn Out at the Siege last weekend. They were they were fucking spectacular. I think Worn Out are more aggressive, more, more aggressive for now. sure. Yeah, yeah. And actually, I watched one of your podcasts with Axe Catcher, and um, totally forgot about that band. We played with them years ago in in Dublin, and and uh, straight after that podcast, I put the record on. I'm like, oh, this is this is class. Ugh, they're completely converted to them when I saw them support Mourn Out in uh, Dolan's and Limerick. Jesus, they yeah. were amazing. Uh, they were part of the tour that played Cork a few days ago as well. I, f- I was on night shifts, so I couldn't go, you know, but yeah. Uh, the, I know there's a fantastic scene around at the moment and as Howard said, tracks that are coming in now are really, really yeah, good. They're worth listening to. <laughs> nice, nice, uh, <laughs> nice change of pace. It's hard to keep up with it, yeah. actually. I, I've been trying. It's it is, amazing. Uh, yeah, I've been trying to like discover as many new bands as I can that are Irish. Like. It's just crazy the the sheer volume of stuff that's been released, and it's fantastic. And I think a lot of that stemmed out of uh, COVID. 
yeah. and now the fruits of those labours are shining through. Hopefully we'll continue. <laughs> yeah. Do you think, Howard, you'll get uh, the part along? I don't want to be putting on the spot now, but like, will it be out early next oh, year? Uh, Is yeah, it possible? It's, it's probable. I would, um, give us a date. Come yeah. on, give us a date. <laughs> I go def- definitely, definitely, definitely before March next year, for sure. Oh, uh, Jesus, that's great. Uh, possibly by the end of the year. I mean, we're at what, 2nd, 3rd November now, so I'm in the studio tomorrow to finish vocals. Um, there's one or two little overdubs here and there, and there's a bit of time coming up that we can use to do that. So it's just mixing and getting everything lined up. Um, the vinyl problem is hitting everybody. I think it's fucking nine-month wait, you know, minimum. Mm. So that, that might push things yeah. back a little bit, but that's the only reason I can see things going back till March is, is, is if the vinyl is going to take that long, you know? But yeah, it's 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 in it's there. It's nearly done. Very 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 close. Fucking delighted with it. It sounds fucking amazing live. Simple as that. And that's that's the the real acid test for me. Anyway. I think that's what Sam was saying at the top of the show. Is like playing live is still the thing that you got to do to to um to measure your your songs. I think and to measure yourself. And you mm. learn bits and pieces from playing live and watching bands play live. I remember Alenkis. You were like sponges when you played gigs. You just took on so much. You know, you could see it in your next gig, and we played with you enough to to, to spot it. You see in your next gig with elements of the last bands that you played with popping up, you know? Yeah. And that's what it's all about, I think, is, is you learn all these things. You try to capture that in the studio and drive it in a direction. As you were saying, navigate your own, <laughs> navigate your own path. Exactly. <laughs> so, Sam, listen, thanks a million for coming on the show, dude. I really appreciate it. It was great talking to you. Well, thank you. you for having me. Uh, yeah, very nice to meet you. <laughs> great to see you. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. oh, it's been a long time. It's nice to see you're doing something, and, you know, and I am excited to see what happens next. Really. Yeah, from, from what, what he gave us, Howard, man, it's, he's going in the right direction big time. Thank you. So, please keep doing what you're doing. All your stuff, Sam, is available on Bandcamp and Spotify and all the usual platforms. Yeah, yeah. everywhere. Under Apogee and Tide. That's correct. Excellent stuff, man. Best of luck in the future and thanks again for coming on the show. Howard, thanks as always. Better. Okay, and crucially, support your local medicine.